Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. As we tape this here on the third day of October, it's been three days since the Padres finished their 66 and 96 season. Jay, at any point in here when I get numbers wrong uh, after this long season of ridiculous Awful numbers. Please correct me. But Jay Posner, Sports Editor of the Union Tribune, joins me. Kevin Acey, the Padres beat writer. Um, Jay, we're going to do... Let's first say Kevin is in the office today, <laughs> which is always a treat for hmm. for most of us here. And uh, 66 and 96, did that... Rec- was there any alteration in the last couple of days? Were there any, any postseason reviews that changed the record? Or <laughs> th- that's just going to stick, right? That that is they're they're sixty six and ninety six they uh, yeah that they I'll didn't write lose. it in ten then okay uh, because it sure we were we're keeping a countdown to one hundred but uh, so we're gonna do a couple season ending podcasts we will continue to do podcasts I think maybe in a couple weeks we should take a look at the forty man roster just specifically the forty man roster and the moves that they may make and, and by then they may have made a couple um, and then of course as uh the, get toward the end of the World Series let's do a free agency and right. and and then we'll do a trades one or we'll figure it out but yeah. but for now what we're gonna do is we're going to review the season in two parts and and. We'll do a little overview here. Uh, basically, we've sort of been reviewing the season as it goes, haven't we? Because we certainly have not been talking about the importance of the wins and losses. Um, and but we'll do position players uh, here, and then we'll we'll do another one that uh, we'll do the pitchers. Right. I can't wait right. to get to that one. And there'll be a little crossover, I think. You know, you you end up uh, we end up uh, sort of brainstorming. But Jay, I want to ask you uh, as uh, the sports editor, my boss. Um, Overall, first uh, first impressions or last impressions of the 2018 season? I, I think the offense was worse than I thought it mm. was. I, I thought there was some improvement maybe, and, and I guess in various people, as you noted in your postseason review, there, there was some improvement in a few people. But when I looked at the overall numbers and I saw where they ranked um, – it was kind of kind of disturbing of the sense of if you're a Padre fan or or even a member of, of the organization because I'm sure they all listen to us uh, and, and take a, take advice. But you know, just in the you look at their at their numbers and there's in rankings in the NL and they're 13 and they're 15 and all this stuff. And I, I did look at the at the league wide offensive numbers. And I noticed, I looked at on-base percentage because this was, what, the fifth year in a row yes. where the Padres were last in on-base percentage, which is, is such a key number. Especially yet, for an organization that has made it the key number. Right. And yet they can't get better. Now, I, you know, the overall, the overall number this year was 297. I, I don't have it in front of me, but that sounds a lot like last year. It might have even been a point or two lower. Two points lower. Okay. So, but when I look at the, at the standings, rankings all 10 playoff teams were in the top 13 of major league baseball in on base percentage the three that weren't in case anyone was wondering washington tampa and cincy and tampa so those are the three tampa, teams that were in the top 13 that were not one of the 10 playoff teams right. and, do you know tampa how- was and tampa won a lot of games they were just in obviously in the kind of the wrong the wrong league it is difficult to not have at least one outlier I mean, right. that's amazing yeah. that all 10 were in the top 13. All 10 in the top 13, the Padres 30th. You look at OPS, combining on base and slugging, all 10 playoff teams were in the top 11. Again, Ooh. Washington, the outlier there. San Diego, 28th. Look at runs scored. Top 12, all 10 playoff teams in the top 12. Washington again, as well as St. Louis. Padres, 28th. So when I look at that, that's mm-hmm. when I think, this team needs to get 
a lot better offensively if they're going to be con- if they're going to contend. And so I guess part of what we should discuss today is where are they going to get better offensively? Okay. And to me, the obvious place to start is Eric Osmer and Will Myers, the there two guys who make the most money on the team. Maybe Myers didn't this year with the way his contract is structured, but Myers and Hosmer make a lot of money. They have produced in the past offensively. They did not, for various reasons this year, Hosmer especially did not live up to his career numbers. Myers, I would say, mostly didn't, although his, you know, at least his OPS 763. So, you know, quite a bit higher than Hosmer's. He had injury issues. He had issues with having to learn a new position on the fly. I I still think Will Myers can help this team. Yes. And I think he can help this team, whether it's at third. I don't know if the answer is third base, and we can get into this a little more. I don't know if the answer is third base or the outfield, but I still think Myers can help this team. And Hosmer has to help this team. I, I, you know, look, I wasn't in favor of his signing. I didn't think it was the right use of resources, but they made the signing. Now they have to live with it. And what they have to get is production for that signing. Absolutely. Now, Will Myers, like I hate dealing in ifs, right? Because we're so tired of them. If this, if that, right? right? Um, If Will Myers, who I think injury, and it's not to excuse him, I'm not, those injuries weren't on purpose, but hey, they, they caused him to miss half the season, for goodness sake. That's a big deal. But I don't think his performance was the disappointment that Eric Hosmer's performance was. Absolutely. First of all, you get twice as many plate appearances. You have a chance to sustain hot streaks, at which he was on a couple when he went on the DL. Uh, he was on the DL three times. And you have a, a chance to work yourself out of cold uh, stretches. Um, now, Eric Hosmer never really did after the middle of June. Um, that was kind of surprising, by the way. Wow. Look, when you wrote about Hosmer the other day and mentioned that the the numbers, I, I would have guessed that it was more like mid-May, but he got on another run there. And the June thirteenth, thirteenth, he was at an his OPS was eight fifty. Yep. At that point, he had some pretty good numbers, and after that, he was at six twenty eight. I mean, six. I'm, I'm just looking at the numbers here. Six twenty eight. Jose Perella for the season was at six forty five. That's Jose Perella. Hosmer was not for was, the last three and a half months of the season was not at the level that Jose Perella was at. There was some incredible there were many, many, many 50, 70, 90 at bat stretches where Eric did not have a home run. Right. And in there maybe have been a double uh, you know, scattered. Now the guy does end up with what? Uh, was it three eighteen on base percentage, still among the lowest of his career. Yeah, three twenty two for three eighteen for Myers, oh, three twenty two right. so for, here- for Hosmer. But interestingly, Myers had twenty five doubles in eighty three games. Hosmer had 31 doubles in, you know, basically the entire Freddie Galvis season. ended up tying him for the team lead with 31 doubles, if right. I'm not mistaken. That is that is true. Here's everyone except Eric Hosmer is willing to make this excuse for Eric. And I'll give you one stat that maybe supports it. Nothing excuses it when you're the $144 million man, and Eric right. Hosmer knows that. They feel that Eric Hosmer was trying too hard in the first year of his contract. And for the most part, until friend Mil Reyes and Hunter Renfro's final two months as the only, well, and let's give uh, Austin Hedges a shout out for the second half. Um, The only bat in there, the only bat anyone was afraid of on that June 13th date, the Padres were eight games over 500 
when Eric Hosmer had multiple hits in a game and 12 games under when he didn't. At that point, they, that night, the 13th, they won their ninth straight game in which he had multiple hits. They were nine. There was a nine and zero stretch. Right. Nine games in which he had two hits. I think it was all two. It was never three. I could be wrong. And every time he did, they won. And then it stopped. <laughs> now I'm not throwing it all away because Eric Hosmer put too much pressure on himself. Wee wee. I mean, you know, come on, buddy. Yeah. You're 144 mil. But let's see what happens next year. All I, right. I, I agree that. I mean, I don't think you can throw everything no. away after one season. Okay. And you know, he's had a whole season. Here he's had a whole season in the National League. He's had a whole season to be around this team, this ballpark, all that other. Do you buy the National League has better pitchers? By and large, that he was facing better pitchers, and it's it's obviously not as offensive as as it's not as offensive a league. Yeah, I I don't know without having numbers in front of me how that how that works. I I do know that the American League. You look at the playoff teams in the American League. And four of the five had more wins than the best team in the National League. Oh, yeah. And the, the only exception was Cleveland. And I, and I think Cleveland's a very dangerous team in the playoffs just because of their, you know, their pitching and, if, and that sort of thing. But, you know, the Yankees, Milwaukee, or I'm sorry, the Yankees, the A's, the Red Sox, the Astros, all of those teams would be favored heavily to win the National League pennant this year. So from that standpoint, and the only one that the Padres faced was Houston, if I'm not... Well, I guess they faced the A's uh, as well. They played four games against the A's and lost them all. They played three games against Houston because Houston never came here. Right. And they lost two of them, including that unbelievable... <laughs> walk-off pop-up. Walk-off pop-up. In the 10th. Right. So... Uh, I only so wish I, I that had know. been the first game of the year so that we could have said the season started on a walk-off pop-up right. and ended on a walk-off strikeout. strikeout I know. That's it, the, but yeah. instead, it was the seventh game of the year. Well, it was the first week, <laughs> well, pretty much, almost the first week, not even close. But. So, so, Jay, um, let's get into the whole position-by-position thing. Um, and I, let's, Want to just start at first base? Well, let's start at first there. base, and I want to ask you this. Was Eric Hosmer the biggest disappointment for you? Yes. There's only a few candidates. Yes. I th- I think given given what they paid him, yeah. given what they expected, and I, I get all the clubhouse stuff, and I, I, I have no doubt. I mean, you, you were in the clubhouse. You talk to these players every day. I wasn't. I don't. I don't want to be. <laughs> but, but I'll say, given all that... He, he has to be the biggest disappointment yeah. because of what they what they paid him and what he was supposed to bring to the team. Now, I'm not saying the entire season was, you know, a, a complete disaster, but I, I would say given his career numbers, it was it was pretty close. And I do think that that's the guy they need to see get back to what he was doing. Now, I will say, and you've, you've pointed this out before, he has had seasons in the past mm-hmm where he was not very good. Yes. Almost as bad as he, I mean, this year. One, season, one season where was he worse. was almost as, well, I a few was, th- metrics were worse. Yes. Right. And that was early on, the, I think, if I'm not mistaken. 2012. <laughs> so, and then there, 2014 had some down. Right. And 16 had some downs. Uh-huh. And 18 It's, it's been every down. other it, year. It, it has been. So that's another reason why I think he seems to have adjusted after poor seasons or disappointing seasons or subpar seasons. And he's come back. Well, that sucks because 2020 means he's going to be down and they're supposed to be good. And that's when they're (laughs) supposed to win the World Series. So anyway, or or maybe it's not now. I don't know. I've lost track of how how that's been pushed back. But but no, I I do think, yes, he was the biggest disappointment. But I don't think 
that he's someone we can just write off. I, I you know, look, Fair. I still that that's kind of the way things stand with Hosmer. He he has to be better. I mean, obviously, he knows he has to be better. And all we can do is wait now until next season. And, and you know, I'm sure he's going to report to spring training and he's going to be in the best shape of his life. I'm going to write it down now. As a matter of fact, <laughs> just, like, yes. just like 48 other people will be in Peoria come February. But that's all we can do. He, he says he'll be better. We know he can be better. Now okay. we just have to wait and see if he is better. So they have no other alternative. They have to play him at first base. He, they committed to that. As long as he's healthy, he's their first baseman, and that's they he have was to. The only guy that. who wasn't moved drastically around the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you know, he is the guy that's right. in there, and they, you know, um, I. He moved around from like I think he hit what second, third, fourth, he hit fifth, second, third, kind of fourth, varied. and fifth. There was the day he was fifth, and it was uh, end of the season, and it was the first time in like six years. Right. So uh, I mean, he needs to be in the middle of this order, and he needs to produce. And and I think I don't know Eric Hosmer, but from what I've heard and what I've read and what you've said, I I would believe when he says he knows that's the case. Ooh, there there can be no doubt. I mean that they got everything they wanted from that side, the man. And as I've noted several times, that's not all they paid for. Right. <laughs> they paid right. for some of those numbers. Yeah. As a matter of fact, a lot of those, every bit of those numbers they right. paid for. Because he's 28, he's supposed to be reaching his peak. Absolutely. Um, so, so that first base is, is actually easy. It is easy. And and I want to, you know, maybe this is getting ahead of ourselves. Maybe it's a question that we save for, for the end. Um, but if Hosmer does hit, has a rebound year to anywhere close, mm-hmm. Myers is healthy for a year and hits as well as he did or better. Okay. Doesn't have to get to 2016 levels. And then if, you know, the three guys that ended up being their best hitters, Hedges, uh, Renfro and Reyes, they've got five good hitters. Is that enough? Let's talk about that at the end. But I'm like, that what, what, why I was thinking that is we have to sort of, if we're not going to expect that Hosmer is going to be better, then we should just stop covering the team and people should just stop. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's going to be very hard for this team to be a good team without Eric Hosmer right. being very good. I'm just that's the way this team is structured. They can't afford to have that sort of player not be a very good player. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't very good this year. All right. So second base is a lock. It's Luis Urias. Right. Okay. Now the only debate is how good is Luis Urias? I will tell you this. They believe that he is a very good player. They do not believe that he is going to lead them to the promised land. That's Fernando Tatis, who we'll get to. Right. Um, no, and I, that makes sense from what I saw of Arias this year, uh-huh. that he seems like the kind of guy that would be, I, I guess, depending on what, I mean, I go, he's always gotten on base. Mm-hmm. What's his on base percentage going to be here? He's either going to be a guy that kind of bats lead off. I don't believe in the number two hole, mm. you know, 1975, 1985, put a guy in the two hole that can slap the ball around and that sort of thing. I think from what we've seen from, from analytics, at this point, and the best hitter on the team should be the best hitters to me should be batting second and third. Yeah. So that's where guys like Hosmer and Meyer should be. And I think they were for quite a while. Um, so maybe they still need a leadoff hitter. I don't know if Urias is ever going to get to the point where he can do that. Otherwise, he needs to be down in the seven uh, in the seven spot where. Um, where hitters like that would normally go. The problem the Padres had this year was there were times where you had like Freddie Galvis hitting fifth. He shouldn't be hitting fifth. Um, but I think Arias, look, from what we saw, he looks like he's going to be a very good defensive player. And he's gotten on base and hit everywhere that 
that he's been. So I don't see any reason not to expect that. Now, is he going to be great next year? Is no, I I, I don't I think that's too much to He'll expect. Be he's very be, good defensively. He's going to be a rookie. He had fifty three plate appearances mm-hmm. in twelve games this year. I mean that's that's nothing. So I think he's going right. He's going to have a, he's going to be a rookie and, and what he does not in April every rookie and May, is Mike Trout. What he does in April and May, um, we can't even make a judgment then, but you have to look no further than Fred. Why do I Reyes. think people will be making right. judgments on March 28th and 29th, but, right. but you're right. I mean, it's, we cannot make judgments one way or the other. I mean, guys get off to look at, look at Galvis the first week or two of the season this year. It was like, Oh my God, this guy has found the, <laughs> found the ticket to offensive success. And then he ended up pretty much where he usually uh, ends up maybe a little bit better. Cause he did get hot again at the end, but so we have two very, we, we just covered second base, um, but we have two very complex positions to talk about on the left side of the infield. Correct. Let's just go ahead and start. Let's go uh, in numerical order, even though we skipped uh, catcher. We'll get back to yeah. that. We were It was natural to start with Hosmer. Let's go to third base. Um, I will offer this. Will Myers is sincere about wanting to be a third baseman. Mm-hmm. And the plan going into the spring, or going into the the plan for the spring, going into the offseason, not knowing what's going to happen, sure. is that he will bring his third baseman's glove to spring training. That said, no clue what's going to happen. I don't have a big problem with that. I think he showed some signs. And I think it's easy to sit in the stands or the press box or in the li- or sit in the living room and say he was terrible. <laughs> but I-, I think it's hard to know just how difficult it is to play a position that you haven't played what much if certainly not uh, at the professional very level, little right? in the minors when he was 20 right here's the deal jay and sometimes i will acknowledge this i err because i'm around it and have been around professionals for so long on a daily basis i err on the side of giving a lot of respect to these guys i believe there are many people that err on the other side which is well you know, I played third base in Little League, right. or I've watched this for a long time and I saw what Brooks Robinson looked like. They don't understand that he was playing his fifth position, one of the hardest on the field with the most awkward situations, okay, that you're put in. And he was learning it in front of all of us right. at the major league level. Right. He was horrible at times. Oh, ab- absolutely. But absolutely. he also showed that maybe with the spring training, <laughs> I mean, the thing about Myers is you can tell what a great athlete mm-hmm, he is. Mm-hmm. And so I don't like to underestimate what a great athlete can go. do. And so if you give Will Myers the offseason and spring training and say, you need to be good at this, I'm not convinced he can't be good at it. And I don't even know that he has to be good it, because if he, as long as he's comfortable there, and he hit, and he, so he's able to hit like Will Myers. Like he doesn't have to spend an hour a day on third base right. like he was. <laughs> right. Then I think you can live with Will Myers being adequate at third base. He's never going to be Nolan Arenado. He's not even going to be probably half of Nolan Arenado. But I don't think he has to be that great defensively. They need his offense. They need to find a place for him. If you're committed to, and I don't know if this is going to be the case, because I still don't know. We'll get to it in a minute. Are you going to have both Renfro and and Reyes on this team next year? But if they're they're on the team and they're playing the corner outfield spots, then you need Will Myers to be good at third base. There it is. And that's why I started out the way I did is, 
as of right now, with those two guys in the corner outfield spots, Will Myers is your third baseman. And Will has privately and publicly, of course, um, to the Padres, to me, to other writers, but most importantly, to the Padres and the people I talked to in the organization, shown an absolute willingness. One thing you got to know about Will Myers is he's pretty candid and he also will do whatever you ask him. And I think we saw that this year. And and so that's where I, I think. And look, this could all change. I mean, if they make a if they uh-huh. make a deal for and, a third baseman, by the way, is possible sure, for a third baseman, or if they make a deal where they get rid of one of those corner outfielders. Yep. Now there's a spot open in left field, you know, for Will Myers, especially if you were to keep someone like you know. I guess they've committed to Reyes being in right if he's going to play in the outfield. He will play, and and you know what was, uh, and we'll get to that uh, why, but uh, how how well Hunter Renfro ended up doing there shows you why Fran Mil Reyes is in right field. Right, right. (laughs) There's some limitations when you're Fran Mil Reyes. Um, All right, so there's your third base. There really is no other option there. Um, There is an option when we talk about one of the shortstops that we're going to talk about. Um, Freddie Galvis, will he be back? And if he's back... There's a lot of factors that go into that. And one of them is what's the role that he is willing to accept because eventually next year, whether it's at the start or it's a few weeks into the season, Fernando Tatis will be with the Padres next year. And so Freddie Galvis is not going to be your everyday shortstop, but he could play 140 games because he can play second base and he can play third base. There's so many places for Freddie Galvis to play. Um, Now that's what I'm telling you could happen. Jay, I think we're both of the mind that, if Freddie Galvis is playing 140 games, like that means some players that you want for the long term and that are pretty good players aren't playing enough. Like, why exactly are you bringing back Freddie Galvis? Right, and that's and that's where and I love I, him. Right, and that's where I was going to say. And and I was very impressed with Galvis <laughs> this year. Mm-hmm. You know he he looks like he, he looks like what he is. He's a professional. He's a he's a veteran. He knows he knows where to be. He played played good shortstop. I mean, I again, I, was he a great shortstop? No, but he looked great compared to what we have seen here. And the, we must look at that years. soberly. Right, it was what it was. We can call him the team MVP if we want. That doesn't mean he should be back next year. I I agree, and I and I think when you were talking and you were saying, well, he can play second base or he can play third base. I don't want him playing those positions if I'm the Padres because I want Urias playing second base and I want either Myers or somebody else that they've acquired or I, I don't know. I guess Christian Villanueva is a, I don't see him as an everyday guy, but he I don't be think a platoon, they do. He either. could be a platoon guy because he sure battered lefties, uh, you know, when he and was he, you know, what was a shame? Year. He really was making adjustments. He might have had an August like, um, Fran Mill Reyes. Right. Honestly, yeah. I don't no, think he's as good as Fran Mill. No, I, don't, I know what you mean. But anyway, that back to Galvis. And if he's playing 140 games, that means something probably happened to Tatis, which you don't want to think about either, that either he he got hurt or he stunk or something like that. And so he wasn't able to to come up. I don't think Tatis is going to be here at the start of the season. Right. I don't even think he should be. And not just because of service time or all that stuff. I, I don't he hasn't even played a full double A season yet. I'm not sure that I mean, it seems like he would benefit from playing at least, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. Let's see what he does in winter ball. Let's see what he does in the spring. But at triple A, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for him, you know, at what, he'll be 20 years old when Mm -hmm. the season starts? He'll be 20. To spend a couple months in triple A before, you know, before he comes up. Now he, you know, look, if he goes into the spring and he's fantastic and everything, they may have no choice but to, but to do that. But I, it seems like, so then you get into the position, okay, who's going to be, if we're looking for a stopgap, how much are we going to how much are we going to commit to a stopgap 
it seems like Galvis could get a deal somewhere for, I don't know, what do you, $7 million, $6, $7 million. Do for another team what he did for the Padres. Right. Are the Padres, do you want to do that if you're the Padres? I He I, wants I a couple know. years, and, and if someone's right. going to give him uh, that, then the Padres, that doesn't well. seem, yeah, you, you, you have to. And I think that that's where it is probably headed. I believe the biggest factor, based on all the people that I've talked to, is the market. Right. But if there's something else out there for him, the Padres aren't going to chase him. That's just that the sense. way it is. Yeah, and it will be, it'll be with much regret. Like, do you think the coaches don't love having that guy? Sure. Uh, sure. All the praise that I've given Hosmer, let me tell you something. D- he was practically an evangelist. I mean, the, the Latin players looked at Freddie Galvis like he was walking two inches off the ground. Right. And, and that's in addition to what he did at shortstop. I will say this, Jay, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated by what they do with their utility infielders. Cause I think, and with, we won't get too deep into the pitching with the quote unquote creative way they're mm-hmm. going to build their staff next year. We're talking 13 pitchers all year and sometimes maybe more. Okay. Um, well, it's uh, tough to do more because now you've cut the bench. I mean, well, 13, that's what I'm saying. 13 pitchers, you're down to a four man bench. What as do it you is. do with Can that? any of those pitchers hit? You know, you remember <laughs> you've got, hitters. we haven't got to the two catchers. You're always going to have one of those guys. Not always. One of them's going to, you know, uh, maybe Mejia will start other places, but then that'll put another person on the bench a good hitter. Right. Do you really want Galvis, your guy off the bench? I mean, yeah, he came up with some big hits, but yeah. And Mejia is the other guy that we didn't talk about in terms of third base, where is that a place where he can, where I they can put not him? I would not know because I didn't see him do anything except catch, and right. I want to definitely get into his catching ability and hedges, but absolutely. And now as we transition to the, the outfield, we haven't solved a well, darn thing catch, for shortstop. All right, let's finish with catcher. So for uh, Francisco infield. Mejia, I do believe both of these guys will be back. I believe that somewhat reluctantly, uh, and when I say uh, that's probably the wrong word, Austin Hedges was among the guys that surprised them in terms of the realness, to use a one of their terms. You know, it's real. That's a real bat. Well, yes, it is. It's made of wood. Um, but, you know, that's that's a real what Austin Hedges did from the start of July, basically since he came back from the DL at the end of June. So um, what was his – what were – do you remember his numbers in, in that – in that stretch? Well, I'm telling you this. It was a mid-fives in the slugging percentage. Right. And that was behind only Yasmani Grandal um, among, uh, from the start of July to the end of the season in terms of slugging percentage by catchers with, you know, more than 100 plate appearances. So, like, guys that actually played. That's phenomenal, okay, considering what he does on defense. So... Is he going to do that all year? No, but if if he can't, well, I shouldn't say no. I don't think you can count on it. But what he showed was that, he, wow, he's better offensively than we actually thought he was. And he's sensational defensively. Now, the only question I have, and I, I am looking at, at numbers now, and this is first half, second half. Okay. So this is his last, this is 52 games okay. uh, after the All-Star break. The the concern he, the concern the slugging percentage was four sixty six uh, at that point. The concern is the on base percentage was only two seventy seven. It was actually lower than the first half, which is a little hmm. a little surprising. Batting average was basically the same. So the the one concern is that he still doesn't get on base uh, quite enough. Now his his BABIP was quite almost a hundred points higher in the first half than the second half. It was only two forty eight in the second half. So that's that's a little unlucky uh, in terms of in terms of hitting. So, but I I think Hedges is still a guy that brings so much else to the team. That but what you have to be careful of, and we'll get into this more when we get into the outfield, is that you have too many guys that don't produce 
big numbers offensively or even average numbers offensively. If he, I know at one point Hedges was his numbers were a little bit worse. I think right at the end. But, yes, but I think if you have catcher, if you have second base. If you have an outfield position, if you have shortstop, we don't know what's what's going to happen until Tatis gets here. I think you've got to be careful about some of this, and we'll get into this more in the outfield. But I think, you know, Mejia, it, 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 Hedges is a guy that if he catches 110 games, maybe, mm-hmm. is that what you're That's what I'm thinking, thinking? It's 110, and then Mejia is in playing maybe even more games than Hedges. He's catching 50. Right. And then he's maybe he's playing third base. Maybe he's playing outfield. Maybe they have too many outfielders. I, I don't know. I mean, I think... Start throwing Mejia and Myers into the outfield mix. You got yeah. a real... I mean, it's, this roster construction is going to be very interesting. Mejia has work to do as a catcher. Correct. He, he His bat speed and his arm, but elite. Put, pencil this guy in for the World Series, yeah. uh, you know, party list. But he has a lot of work to do as a catcher. And... I'm not sure that he'll ever be the the pitching staff manager that Austin Hedges is. If he's hitting you 40 bombs, now I don't know how much he is going to get on base because the guy che- the guy swings at anything. Right, he's worse right. than Hunter Renfro ever was. Now <laughs> he was a rookie, or he is a rookie. Oh, he is. I mean, he, he he's another guy. We're talking about 58 plate appearances with the Padres. Let me tell you this though. That's another guy who we talk about this five years in a row of the on-base percentage being last in the league. It went down this year. Um, You will now start to judge the Padres system based on who comes up because these were guys who were in a system that valued on-base percentage. They are teaching Hunter Renfro at the major league level how to be more selective. They are going to be teaching Francisco Mejia at the major league level. Of course, I don't know because he seems like he can hit a home run on a pitch that's out. But so can Hunter Renfro. Right. What I'm saying is right. Mejia is, I believe, well, let me tell you this, more important than what I believe, they believe Francisco Mejia is a championship level player with work to do. Right. Okay, so great. That makes him like uh, Fernando Tatis and and all 25 of the pitchers <laughs> that are in their, their exactly. system. Right. <laughs> so, well, I think I think... They're set at catcher in the sense of they have two good catchers. They have a, one very good defensive catcher, one not so good defensive catcher. They, they have the on base percentage is not going to be helped by either one of these guys. Um, I mean, Hedges at best is going to be if he if he got up to like a three hundred sure on base percentage that would be like wow great sure uh, you know I don't know about Mejia so. I don't see him taking a lot of walks. Yeah. But <laughs> but again, he could end up if he's got enough power. But you don't want a whole lineup of guys as we transition to the outfield that are just going to be guys that trying to hit home runs and you end up with the to pull a name out of the path or even a more recent name, an Adam Dunn type, you know, where you're hitting 40 homers, but you're only on base 28% of the time. That's why it's very important, again, to go back to your Myers and your Hosmers uh, getting on base and right. Hunter Renfro continuing to finish with, I believe, even 300 on base percentage. I'm not lauding that, but I'm saying, actually. I'm yeah. saying um, at a whatever it is, a 35 homer pace. Uh, and, you know, what is what's his uh, what's his 162 for doubles? Is that like 30 also? I mean, yeah, I mean we're talking 20. He hit 23, so he's going to be over 30. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, Hunter Renfro is your cleanup hitter, and and I don't know where Framio Reyes uh, fits yeah, in I mean, there. if Hunter Renfro and Framio Reyes both slug 500, you know. And the other two guys are getting on at 320, 330. 320 is a little low, but I just don't want to get my hopes up. No, I mean, I think, yeah. So <laughs> I, I think, anyway, the outfield. All right. 
I'll start by saying I don't think you can win a championship, which is what they say their goal is. Mm-hmm. My feeling is you can't win a championship with an outfield of Reyes, Margot, and Renfro. And the the link, is there a one-week link, or do you think that two of those need to get better? Well, I, I, they all need to get better, well, sure. obviously. But I think there needs to be... There, there needs to be improvement. If you're going to have these two big power hitting type guys on the corners, and even if Myers turns out to be one of those guys out there, it's kind of the same thing. You need to have a guy that plays very good defense in center, but doesn't have a 292 on base percentage. Absolutely unacceptable, horrible, and, and can even be a liability when he gets on base. Right. And so Margot is probably the guy that would be the maybe the second. Is he your, your, second say, big, your second disappointment? I agree with you in terms of disappointment. It's Hosmer, but the, the only other guy really in the conversation, because in terms of to be disappointing, you have to have had expectations on you. Correct. So Correct. Um, Margot is... Definitely number two. And that's, and you know, again, it's, it's very tricky. He's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. He showed signs. August 7th, ago. August from May 15th to August 7th, hit 301 with a 359 OBP. Fantastic. If he did that all the time, you'd be like, oh my God, this guy's an all-star. If he hit 293, yeah. improved on defense, improved base running over the course of a season was is that a championship outfield to you? I, then I think you have a chance. Okay. Um, because Fran Mil Reyes, and we'll just, we won't go left to right. We'll just talk outfielders. Yeah. Fran Mil Reyes, the belief in the organization is this is the first guy to come up that's a real hitter. He I absolutely can... blew them away at the adjustments that he made, the way that he halved his strikeout rate, yeah, the way that like he doubled that was, his walk right, rate. He looked like a guy that was just going to come up there and either home run or yep. strikeout. And it turned out where that wasn't... To can't that, hit with two that, strikes that changes his approach. Can't I, hit the inside pitch changes his approach. Yeah. You know, wow. Power numbers, as any young man, I, I think that is um, trying to figure out plate discipline and, and to figure out pitchers, the, the power numbers went down a little bit uh, from what probably... Fran Reyes could be that guy who hit 40 and struck out 220 times. (laughs) Thank goodness. He can also be a guy who does what he did. No, I mean, he wound up hitting, you know, 280, 340 on base and, and slugging 498. Um, that was after Jay, his first two call-ups, the, uh, the 38 games of yeah. his first two call-ups, 221, 270, 423. Right. So, I mean, he made tremendous improvements. Um, he looked like the kind of guy, I mean, the, his adjusted OPS was 130. It was, it was the highest on the team. The only guy close was Renfro at 119. Um, I, I don't have some of the other numbers, you know, runs created and the, all that stuff in front of me, but he looked like the kind of guy at 22 years old for the second half of the season or whenever, whenever that yeah. started, he was the best hitter on the team. His defense freaks me out, but you have Travis Jankowski, who I believe is, if you want to put a lock to make this team next year, um, Travis would be in there somewhat surprisingly because he's not a starter, but he gives you all three outfield positions. He gives you pinch running. He, he gives you pinch hitting and he is basically the last two innings of Fran Mil Reyes uh, in a game in which you are leading uh, in a close game. I've always thought Jankowski was the perfect fourth outfielder, yep. even fifth outfielder, sure. um, because he's the guy that can come in late in games and make plays defensively and, you know, get on base sometimes. If he puts the ball in play, he's got a chance to get on base. Right. If he, he gets walks. on base, he can steal. Um 
So I, I think he, I, I do think Jankowski is the kind of guy mm-hmm. that could be is a valuable member of a of a good team as long as I don't think he he should be I don't think he's a starter. Um, probably you know he had almost 400 plate appearances this year. I'm not sure if he's gonna if you want him to have that many. Uh, but I don't just kind of de- yeah, it just uh, kind of depends. My my feeling is it would be a little bit lower on. Uh, a little bit lower on that. I mean, I'm looking at at Reyes here on the first half, second half again, where the second half he had 46 starts and he hit 315, 383, 537. I mean, I, I don't know that that's sustainable, but it doesn't have to be quite that good. He looked like the kind of guy that you could almost say – is a future, you know, centerpiece of a team. Sure. And if he can continue that, because inside of that was this, um, when, uh, came back from Milwaukee and he had hit those, what, like four home runs in a row. He didn't hit one, the final game, uh, in Milwaukee, but he hit the first two in, in, uh, in Milwaukee, I think maybe the final one in Chicago. Anyway, it was like four home runs in five games. He went on a drought of every possible imaginable, imaginable offensive statistic and still ended up hitting what he hit because during that time, he changed once again right. his approach at the plate. Right. That it, The numbers... And then there's adjustments that got you to the numbers. Fran Mil Reyes. Now, Hunter Renfro, it's power numbers only. Now... Kudos to me, Hunter Renfro is not only MVP, maybe the best story of the season from where he came from in spring training Uh, and the way his attitude changed, the way that his performance changed, how much better he got on defense. Uh, He overcame what I believe was the organization almost kind of sort of close to giving up on him. I I think Hunter Renfro is fantastic at this point. If you ask me which one I'm going to keep. If I had to keep one, it's probably Fred Reyes. Which leads me to my prediction, which is that <laughs> Hunter Renfro will not be on this team at the start of next season. Okay. That's my prediction. And I don't have any, as you know, I have no inside info. I have no info whatsoever. I have very little knowledge about most things, certainly about this. My prediction is he's the guy that they deal in the offseason that can bring back some value. And, I think partially because he and I think just because of the way the roster needs mm-hmm. to be constructed and his his age and the sort of a lingering doubt maybe in the guys that didn't draft him that are now running the organization. Uh-huh. Yep. That that's my prediction. Again, most of my predictions turn out wrong, but my prediction is when we're sitting here six months from now or almost six almost six months from now, Renfro will be on another team. And so then, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just predicting that I think that's what's going to happen. Me either. And the reason that I'm not saying I disagree or agree, and the reason I'm entertaining it is something has to happen. Right. Okay. So you know something has to happen, and so you then you start to go, okay, well, which one of these? And and as someone who was around the team all the time, and like I said, I appreciate good stories, and I actually you know getting to know Hunter Renfro and and seeing what he did on a daily basis, like me predicting that any of these guys will be gone doesn't give me joy. But as this guy who has to look at it soberly and say, something has to give. Okay. One of these guys is going to go. I think it's Renfro. What do they get? That That I don't, that's that's the question. And they, and the thing is, and we'll wrap this up with this. I think Renfro is going to be a good player 
wherever he is. He goes to the American League, or I guess he goes anywhere. I mean, other than like San Francisco, where he can't hit home runs. But he goes to a park where you, even just a fair park. He's a 35 home run guy, probably. Mm-hmm. So the Padres, and that's the kind of guy that everybody's going to look at and say, we had that guy. We had Anthony Rizzo. We had, you know, we had Hunter Renfro. That will be the so, initial reaction and it will be right. fair. And it will be fair. And that's why the it's there's so much pressure when you deal a guy like that because you've got to get something back for him. And whoever you get back for him better not be Brian Mitchell or Chase Headley or in that category or Ryan Ludwig to bring back even more bad memories. He better be somebody that produces and and is a legitimate player and not a guy that's four years away or something like that because I don't know that people are going to have the patience for that. They need to get somebody that can contribute immediately, a, a number two starter a package, you know, because you can work out all baseman. kinds of packages, a third baseman, uh, w- whatever it might be. That's I think that's going to be their big deal. I think it's I more of a package. Right now, and it's it'll a big, be a big deal. He'll be part of a package. There's going to be a big deal, but I think Renfro is going to be part of it. All right, we have a lot more to talk about this off season, and we'll get to even. We'll end up still talking about some more of these players. Um, but what we're going to do now, Jay, is we're going to wrap this sucker up, and our next podcast will be about the pitching staff, what happened, and what will happen. Right. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back shortly. <laughs>